pushed me well out of my comfort zone. Pretty brutal. Well out of my comfort zone. It was a swim during the night. Huge swells. You know, you had a couple of pin drops in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So there's nothing. There's no land masses to block the swell. So I was getting violently ill. Like I was throwing up. Saw a shark. Swallowed a jellyfish. Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for mob like you and me who are looking to learn and grow from life experiences in order to fulfill one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming. <laughs> All right, we are, welcome back to Switched On. This morning, we um back in the booth. Mr. Bubba, how are you feeling this Friday morning? Mate, very good. Um... Man, well, I think we've been pretty lucky. Like the last couple of Fridays, we've had great weather and great guests. So yes. um, I keep waking up very, very good on a Friday morning at the moment. So I'm, I'm buzzing, mate. What about you? Yeah, really good. Um, nice and switched on this morning. I'll explain to you in a bit why. But first, we will uh, introduce our guest because um, we're super pumped to be joined by this absolute freak of nature and with the things that he's been able to do as of late. So we'll have to welcome Andy Donaldson, ultra marathon swimmer. Three-time world record holder, the 24th person ever to complete the Ocean 7 swim for mental health, might I add, and a telethon athlete just competing the 33-kilometer swim-run-swim on the weekend, and also accounting and finance guru on the side. Mate, it's the longest (laughs) intro I've had, but welcome (laughs) into the pod. How are you, Andy? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us. It's... uh... That's a mouthful, isn't Man, it? it That's is. I'm just, oh, I'm puffed. <laughs> I'd, I'd maybe scratch the accounting guru. I mean, <laughs> Brad, probably, that in. probably a bit uh, rusty there, but uh, no, the swimming stuff, that's that's probably more my uh, cup of tea cup of tea these days. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're um, really kind of touch on that and dive into... Not even meant to that. We just say that every week, but this is like way more relevant yeah. this week. Yeah. Yeah, every <laughs> um, but as always, mate, first question off the bat, what did you do? What did you do to get switched on this morning? I so my my normal answer would be I'd, I'd go swimming in the morning. Yeah, uh, that's my part of my daily routine. I, I love the, the the feeling in the water and you know doing exercise, getting the endorphins. Uh, but I I slept in this morning. So <laughs> yeah, he needs it, mate. Slept oh, in this yeah. morning. So um, yeah, off off the back of a thirty three kilometer challenge over the weekend and and taking some time to to rest and recover, not just physically but mentally too. So. Yeah. Uh, this morning, my, my switch on was, uh, you know, if I go for a shower, I'll, I'll usually do a bit of a blast of, of cold water at the end, yeah. get get that sort of, um, that rush, I suppose, and then uh, followed by a nice cup of tea as part of breakfast. What uh, what flavour tea? Oh, I'm just, uh, you know. English breakfast? English breakfast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm simple, but, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, I like it. You, Bubba? Uh, mate. I'm still on the the running at the moment, um, so I went for another little little jog and then straight in the cold shower to get that, and it was it was nice this morning. Um, it was a bit of a tough one though, like because I seen your little story yesterday, and I was like, because Tom put a little story up on his um Instagram, and I was <laughs> well, like, oh, what was it? On. <laughs> I now switched on. Like, he was doing bloody. Going for a run and doing some tree pull-ups and all this, and I was like, tree, top, tree pull-ups. Well, like I couldn't yeah. find a chin-up bar because <laughs> it, like, the park that I normally do them at is getting like a reconstruction. So I just like found a tree and just like started doing. But you're not nervous, like in case like the the branch snaps. No, or, it's like, pretty it's sturdy. Just, like, oh. It's pretty sturdy. But how's this? So I've got this lady, like old lady, behind me, and um, she's like in the house, and she comes outside, and I hear this voice behind me. I got my music, and I pull it out, and 
I just hear this, get down from there. It's not exercise equipment. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she was coming out to like egg you on and like give, <laughs> give encouragement and support. It's like, no, 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 no. the exact opposite. opposite. <laughs> uh, what about you, man? Mate, I uh, just went to the beach this morning. Um, just quick oh, dip. Nice. Did, didn't swim as per like go for a long swim. Um, but yeah, just had a dip, caught up with a mate, had a coffee. And um, yeah. Had, did you say you had a coffee? I did have a coffee, just one shot. Yeah. yeah, but is that your first one in like a month? Yeah, pretty much. Felt good. I'm oh, you've been going cold turkey? Or? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it literally oh, went cold turkey. Oh, jeez. Like, straight away, yeah. It's been good. Yeah. No, you know, you're not getting the, the caffeine withdrawals? Or <laughs> oh, no, not really, to be honest. But like, because um, I just fill it up with other things like, well, exercise and things like that. But yeah, had the, had, had the one. Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking more tea. That's been good. Um, But yeah, that one shot this morning is just. Got your parent. Yeah, got your parent. Nice. Yes, yes. Um, but awesome. All right, so we're all switched on the booth, and that's let's get this started, eh? So, um, yeah, Bubba, you want to kick us off, mate? I just basically can you just run us through because some people might not know who you are. If they watch Telethon on the weekend, they will definitely know who you are. But for people out there that don't really know um, yourself, your background, um, and sort of why you got into doing what you're doing. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so start from like childhood. Childhood? Oh, start, <laughs> start from the beginning. So, well, uh, firstly, my, my name is Andy Donaldson. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a swimmer. I originally from Scotland. Uh, grew up swimming there, uh, mostly in the pool. Um, you, were, you were considered quite mad if you... Uh, you were swimming in the the sea there it's you know it's cold enough on the uh, on the land never mind the water so um in my my later years i moved out here to perth in western australia uh, back in 2013 to to pursue swimming and uh yeah i i had set out goals to to try and make the olympic team race for my country um uh, you know the uh, things i've been working towards in my life and um that kind of got scuppered when I, I busted my shoulder uh, doing some uh, silly things down at the beach and dived into a sandbar. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of a turning point in life. And um, funnily enough, it brought me closer into open water swimming. So I, I changed across, changed disciplines, tried that out for a couple of years but um the the opportunities didn't seem to be there so i ended up um leaving a sport that you know been part of my identity and who i was for a long part of my life um feeling quite unfulfilled and unsatisfied and and not having reached my goals so as a, as a result I, I threw myself into my career hence the accounting guru <laughs> <laughs> did that for for a number of years and um you know in the beginning it was it was great it was progressing well um earning money which was which was nice you know having spent so many years as a as a poor athlete um but you know over time things things weren't balanced uh, i was working hard i was almost trying to make up for some lost time and um you know it wasn't something that happened overnight but uh i got pretty burnt out and and fell off the edge a little bit and um yeah just just really struggled for a while with uh, with my mental health. Uh so yeah, it was uh this would have been about twenty nineteen. Uh decided to to pack everything up, uh go 
overseas, sell, sold my bed and stuff like that, and uh, <laughs> went backpacking around the world, which at the time felt like the right thing to do. And you know, the the old stereotypical find yourself. Mm. Um, that was amazing. Travelled around all these different places, probably about thirty countries in the space of ten wow. ten months. Was in Central America working as a as a volcano tour guide when <laughs> I wanted to touch on that actually, but yeah, when when really COVID happy. got bad and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a bit wild, but uh, thankfully I managed to get back into Perth um, before everything locked down and uh, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I didn't have any direction in life, and um, a friend of mine, a, a gentleman by the name of Martin Smoothie, encouraged me to get back into the water and, and just go for some swims down at the beach and um over time you know I was just realizing how much of an impact that it was having on my life how I felt in the water how good it was and, and not just from a physical pers- perspective but from a mental perspective too and um you know the swims were great but like you know like you said Tom like the coffees afterwards were mm. were equally as important and over time, I started getting more involved in the sport, started getting fitter and faster. And yeah, I, I it led me back into the world of swimming and and I decided I wanted to do something with that. Uh, so I started racing again. In, in Western Australia, we have the Rottenest Channel Swim. So uh, I targeted that, thought, let's see how it go. And, you know, that was always a dream of mine to, to race Rottenest and, and see if I could do well. And uh, in 2021, I ended up, coming back against a, a pretty stacked field full of guys on the Australian Dolphins team and yeah won it by by a good sort of seven or eight hundred meters oh, it, was, unreal. it was absolutely mad yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah that was I suppose the return of Andy Donaldson and I thought you know let's uh I'm not I'm not quite finished yet I'd love to keep doing this and as part of that, I'd been using it to raise money for mental health. So let's let's see what I can do, and I, I went just went from there. Mate, it's incredible. That's hey? a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Awesome. When, when you said like yeah, you know, yeah. Going back to the beginning, I'm like, oh, there's there's quite a bit there, but oh, uh, no, hopefully that summarizes it. In a, yeah, it's good. Absolutely. I, I want to touch on <laughs> what what got you into swimming, like at the start, like why? Um, I, I suppose it was um. It was probably following like my older sister. So I have an older sister and um, my older cousin, they were both swimmers. I used to get dragged along to meets and uh, probably followed them into it. But I suppose the thing that kept me in the sport was, um, you know, just the, the pure love of it and the enjoyment, do, being active, challenging yourself. Um, but I think a big part of it was was the people that you meet. And, and the friendships yeah. that you make, you know, I, I don't think you start sport with the, with the thought or the idea of making an Olympic, Olympic games or whatever you, you do it because you enjoy it. And I suppose for me along the way, I'd, I'd lost sight of that. I'd, I'd been so focused on the results. Um, and when I returned to the sport in, in my later years as an adult, you know, it flipped it on its head and it went back to just pure enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been like, as you mentioned before, from at the start, you had that, obsession and you had you mentioned that it was part of your identity mm. um we, we've had a couple of instances like that like obviously Braden with his footy and um where it's part of that and then it's when it's taken away from you in that sense like oh, yeah yeah what, what was that like going through at the time oh i mean you you, you know it's it is it's, it's it's 
it's difficult, you know, and, and to go into the world of work, you, you've come from this position where you're, you know, we're one of the best in, in your field and you're going back in at entry level and in, into the world of work. And, and that is, it's, it's not easy to, to kind of, um, to, to take in your stride. Absolutely. So yeah, it was, you know, a tough at the time, but a, a journey or, um, that, you know, I wouldn't change now because, yeah, there's there's certainly appreciation there now. Yeah. What was that looking like back in the day when you had those Olympic aspirations? Like, what what events? How close was it looking? Uh, so I was I was two hundred freestyler. So um, yeah, I was I was probably a couple of seconds off of of where I probably needed to be to to make it. I felt like I was doing the work in training, um, and and that was, you know, it was hard because, you know with sports like swimming your your whole season is defined by two minutes of racing yeah. essentially on one day of the year so if you're not feeling great going into that or if something goes wrong in the preparation and it you know you don't get the result that you want that's a reflection on your whole year so there's there was a lot of pressure there and and I seem to always sort of almost psych myself out before these major meets and and not perform as how it like it wasn't a reflection of how I trained or that's how I felt anyway looking back so yeah that was that was always difficult I want to touch on the identity bit because some people get it taken away from like mine got taken away when I got delisted but yours was a sort of like a you sort of chose to get away for a bit I just like just the difference in that like because it was sort of I guess some people hold on to that and then don't actually choose. Like, it's very hard for them to, to escape that. I'd just love you to touch on, I guess, the choice in that and how hard it was to accept it internally because you made that decision. It wasn't made for you. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, you know, it wasn't an injury that, that forced me out of the sport. It was, it was probably more societal expectations. Um, you know, I, I felt I was 25 at the time. I, I felt that, you know, I, I should have been working a job and earning a certain amount of money or saving towards a house and settling down with a partner. And, and I felt like I'd been putting all of that off so I could pursue this Olympic dream for, for so long. Uh, and so when I made that decision, uh, to, to retire from swimming back in 2016, um, it, it sort of felt right, but I knew that, you know, there was, there was probably still quite a bit of resentment that I hadn't, I'm not sure if resentment is the right word, but like I felt, um, yeah, unsatisfied with how I'd left things there. Yeah. And it, it wasn't easy to come back in when I, when I did get back into the water in 2020, it was, it was kind of facing some old demons, I suppose there. Was that, um. I mean, was there any particular ways that you dealt with that at the time or was that where that kind of led into that travel aspect? I think it was, um, I, I don't think I dealt with it that well. Um, you know, I think it was just kind of paper mashing over the top of things. <laughs> but, uh, the suppression. Yeah, yeah, just kind of sweep it under the rug and, you know, right, that chapter's over. Didn't have any expectations to, to ever go back to it. Um, and I think the the travel thing, it was something that I'd always wanted to do, but, you know, just, again, you know, 
kick the can further down the road and, and never did it. So um, when the opportunity came up in 2019 or in 2019, I just thought, you know what, let's let's do it now because I might not get this chance again down in the future. Mm. Go to the countries that, you know, I'd love to see and, and that I might not take my future family to. So, you know, I went to places like Ukraine or Palestine and, and whatnot, which, you know, fortunately I did because you can't really go there now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. It's, it's made me who I am today. So that, that 10 months, like it's a long time by yourself. Mm. What did you, is there anything you really like dove into or kept coming up and you're like, I've got to work through that or, you know, those sort of things. Or how'd you sit, I guess, in times when you were by yourself? Um, well, it was, it was something I was quite worried about and, um, you know, I think I was, I was intentionally trying to keep myself distracted and, and hang around with people or doing things instead of taking that time to probably reflect on things and, and ask myself why I'm in this position or why I'm feeling like this, why I'm, why am I feeling lonely? Why am I feeling unhappy with how things have turned out in life? Um, it, it kind of didn't really... I don't think I really addressed it until I, I came back in 2020. Um, I was just too concerned about um, having a good time and trying to keep myself distracted. Mm. Yeah, well, because I mean, I'm sure for my, like myself, like those, I still have those travel aspirations, and I'm not sure if it's uh, probably is like I don't. I think it's inevitable. Like you go on those kind of um, adventures, and you find the different aspects of yourself. Um, I know you mentioned then, like you didn't realize come to those realizations to come back to Perth. But like, what do you think within those within that period that you like you found out about yourself? Well, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, firstly, like that that year, I, I probably needed I needed that time off to to completely recharge. Like, I felt like life had always been so structured always working towards some kind of goal, whether that was in school where you're working towards exams or swimming when you're working towards some kind of meet or in your job where you're working towards budgets or whatnot. Like it was amazing to experience that year where you just didn't have any structure and, um, you know, you could wake up and be like, all right, I'm, I'm, these guys are going to go climb this mountain. I'll, I'll go join them today. And, mm. you know, I hadn't experienced that. So, when I did come back and, and I did have some time to reflect, um, it was probably it was probably because I had good people around me that were encouraging me to do this sort of stuff and, and take the time to really figure out, you know, who I am, what do I want to be doing? Um and, you know, yeah, I probably should have done it more when I was traveling, but I didn't. And, and, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I was just doing what I felt like I needed at the time. Travel, hey? <laughs> Tom always talks about travel and, and what it can do. But you get back, you go to accounting? No. <laughs> when you got back? No. Straight into swimming? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I that was one of the things I realized. Um I didn't necessarily want to be, I, I tried to identify what was important to me, you know, spending time with family, doing the things that I love doing, such as swimming, challenging myself. But I think the main one was helping others. And and I didn't feel like I was 
able to do that so much in, in my field of accounting. Um, so what ended up happening originally was um, I started coaching in swimming. Oh, cool. And it was it was simple. It was uh, in the beginning we were just you know taking focusing primarily with working with other adults um, and trying to get them to um, pursue unfulfilled goals uh, that were swimming orientated. So like trying to get them into the ocean, whether they had aspirations to do something like rot nest or even just to the other end of the spectrum, which was, you know, be comfortable in the ocean so that they could go swimming with the kids. We wanted to work with all sorts of people and, and encourage them to get into ocean swimming because we realized, and when I say we, this is with the other gentleman, Martin, uh, we realized how much of an impact it was having on us uh, when you're in the ocean, in community, working towards goals. And we wanted to encourage other people to, to do that too. Hundred percent, especially living on like where we live now, mm. like right next to the beach. I think I mean I've always grown up by the water, and I can't imagine my life without it. Like just mm. always going down during the summer, surfing, just all, everything all about it, and oh, just pure absolute joy. And so I think that is that must be so fulfilling just be able to like share that with someone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's it's sport and, and the beach is, is so ingrained in the culture here in, in Australia and and some people uh, are missing out and we wanted to try help those people so that was that was something that we we started doing uh, we were helping people towards their unfulfilled goals and along the way Martin had kind of um, called me out and he's like look it's so well you telling these people to pursue their dreams why don't you revisit some of your old goals and that was what led to to targeting rot nest and, and having a crack there. Mm. So yeah, we'll touch. We we'll, might as well dive into that. Just a habit, eh? So yeah, we'll get we'll get into that that area. So you, once Martin talked to you about that, and you're like, "Yep, I'm gonna do the rotto swim," and and you did that, and you won. And did that just fuel the the next journey? Or because I know. You obviously went from there, and then you had the is, the is it the three, the three challenges is the rotto swim, and then there's yeah yeah um so I can I can touch on that um well in the beginning I mean we we set out to do this this swim the rottenest channel swim uh, for people outside of Western Australia it's a nineteen point seven kilometer swim out to an island um off the coast and um it was it was it was quite a big challenge. Um, you know, to, to paint a picture, I'd been out of the water for a number of years. I'd just spent the past year backpacking and do, doing all sorts of damage to my body. Hadn't really been training. And, you know, there was these guys on the Australian Dolphins team entered. So it was a bit confronting. And I thought, well, am I just going to make an idiot of myself and I fool myself, have a bit off more than I can chew. Uh, and there was certainly some sleepless nights in, in the preparation leading up to, you know, swimming sessions where I thought, well, I'm absolutely wrecked and, and going at a snail's pace. Uh, I'm just going to make a fool of myself. But what it did highlight was the importance of having good people around. You know, one of the first things I did was rejoin my old club, started training with other people. And, you know, on your hardest days or when you kind of lose faith in yourself, they were the ones that picked you up and, and kept you pushing forward. Um, 
and these were all messages that we were learning along the way and all these lessons. So that was something I wanted to share with, with other people, other people that might be in, in a similar position where they wanted to try to do something uh, and might have been scared or nervous to, to go on and, and, and dive in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was glad you laughed. <laughs> so it's just the perfect analogy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect analogy. Um, so that was something that we wanted to do along the way as well. Share messages that we'd learned and, and use, combine sport with purpose and, and raise money for, for a cause that was you know, close to my heart, mental health. Uh, because swimming was something that really helped me, I, I suppose, get my life back on track, and and it's one of my best tools for for managing my mental well being. So, um, off the back of Rot Nest, I was in this position where I realised I was like, oh, geez, I'm still fit and fast. I've, I've just beaten all these guys who are some of the best swimmers in the world, uh, and I still have goals in swimming that I'd love to pursue. And it aligns with this other thing that I want to do, which is help help people. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, let's let's crack on. And so, you know, coming from the UK, the the English Channel is something that is is I suppose um, something I've always dreamt of uh, of doing. Uh, and really, was a, a dream that I suppose felt out of reach for me. But now it was suddenly on the cards. And so I, I started researching about this. Uh, I learned about all these other channel swims around the world. Uh, and the English Channel falls under this um, challenge called the Ocean 7, which is the seven toughest channel swims in the world. Uh, and they're all spread around the world. Uh, places like Hawaii, Japan, over in the US, the English Channel, Spain to Morocco. Wow. Um, so I thought, right, I'd, I'd love to, to have a crack at that. But... Maybe I should do a few swims locally just to make sure that I actually actually can do this and I can I actually enjoy it before I make the commitment and try to do um these these swims all around the world. So there's there's three major ultra marathons here in, in Australia. There's the Rottnest Channel Swim, there's the Derwent River Swim, which is in Tasmania, which is thirty five kilometers, down the River Derwent to Hobart. And then there's one over in Sydney called the Palm Beach to Shelley Beach Swim, which is 25 kilometers along all the northern beaches of Sydney. So I committed to doing those free swims. Um, and that was the idea, get get more experience under the belt before trying the big ones. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I want to touch on a lot of things like, like the training that goes into that and everything, but I do want to just go back quickly to the part where you're sharing these moments with someone else and it's like in terms of these stories and like these, um, uh, what was it? Like in terms of motivating them and getting them to do the things that I want to go out and achieve. But so what, what were some of those um, like stories that you were telling them? And then what did you get told as well to like, whether it's advice or whether it's stories? <laughs> Off the top of my head. Well, I suppose that some of the best stories were, were things that actually happened during my swim. So take that last one, Palm Beach to Shelly Beach. Uh, we were swimming along uh, and you, you basically swim uh, parallel to all the, the northern beaches of Sydney for, for 25 kilometers. And at about the 10K mark, um, 
the wind completely changed. We we swam into an unforecasted storm. Uh, the conditions out in the ocean got really choppy, and I like I'm swimming along, and I'm looking along at the support boat that goes beside you. So all of these swims, you always have a support boat, and there's like water crashing over the side of the boat, and like all the guys are like huddled down. It's absolutely pissing with rain, and I'm thinking, oh geez, like I, I don't know if we should be out here. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> probably yeah. shouldn't be out here, but um, you know. It was shocking conditions, absolutely shocking. Anyway, all of a sudden, the, the support boat just started taking off and, and leaving me out there. And it's starting to like just drive off into the distance. And I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing? Like, what, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, to paint a picture, I'm, you know, we're three kilometers offshore off the coast of Mona Vale in some pretty sharky water in the middle of a storm and it's just me my support boat is just taking off into the distance what? <laughs> i'm like what the heck and then all of a sudden it started circling back and and started circling around me and so like my instant thought was like crap and like there's there's a shark or something like that yeah so i shouted up and like what the hell is going on here and uh, my skipper uh, michael donahue um fantastic skipper he, he shouts down and he's like don't worry andy it's it's not a shark, but we're sinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh and so what Lord. had happened was there was so much water coming into the boat and, and the bilge pump of the boat stopped working. Um, but uh, so they were trying to like accelerate the boat to bring the water to the back. And then they were like frantically scooping it out with like bottles and bags and, and all sorts of things. And so I'm just like, well, what? what do you want me to do here? And they're like, oh, you keep going. Uh, we'll catch up. <laughs> I'm like, no, not a, not a chance. <laughs> not an absolute hope in hell. So ended up uh, waiting there, like just treading water. So, you know, five minutes passes, 10 minutes passes. They're still trying to scoop water out the boat. Uh, and, you know, normally I think like my initial reaction would be like, I'd be having an absolute meltdown. Like things aren't going to plan. You know, what the heck? But, you know, that didn't happen for, for um, that didn't happen. I stayed calm. The guys on the boat, Mike especially, was like, don't worry, we'll fix this. We, we got going after about 20 minutes of, of staying stationary. Uh, pushed on. Luckily, the weather changed uh, and, and still completed that swim and, and finished, well, finished 10 minutes shy of the record, funnily enough. So <laughs> with that as well, with that as well. But, um, you know, that, that was a, a story that, you know, sometimes you, you go into things with a plan, uh, you can prepare all, all you want, but things don't, don't turn out as you expect. And in those moments, what do you do? Like, how do you react? Um, and you know, for me, we had guys on the boat who stayed really calm, Michael Donahue, especially which helped me because um, there was no point in, in throwing the toys out the pram. Like it wasn't going to help. So stay calm and it, it just showed that, you know, we could handle these curveballs that get thrown our way. And, and that was one of the best things that I learned um, that, that gave me the confidence to go on and, and try the Ocean 7. Awesome. That's one of many inspiring stories I can <laughs> bacon share with us. Far out. Yeah. So the, the, even just like the training, for that kind of thing to do, mm. what does that look like? Well, a lot of it's in the pool. So, you know, I think, you know, these swims are, are marathon and distance, so they're all 
um, sort of 25 kilometers or above. So That's a long time looking at a black line. It's a long time. Well, like if you were in training. like that That's the thing. Like I, I wouldn't do that in the pool in the one hit. Um, you know, it might be similar to, to marathon runners. You don't run a marathon the day before you run a marathon, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we were trying to focus more on quality over quantity, so like working the right energy zones and, um, you know, technique's a big one for me because of how long you're in the water for. You want to have good technique to, to maximize the efficiency in your stroke and, and prevent injuries and so forth. But um, the distance is obviously something that you can't, there's, there's no shortcuts around. But with the Ocean 7, there's there's all these things that you, there's things that you can prepare for. So you can prepare for the distance. Some of the swims are through the night. So you can prepare for that. You can go practice training, you know, in the in the river during the night or swimming in a pool in the night. Just get that sensation. Cold water swims. So, you know, for example, there was a swim from Northern Ireland to Scotland. You're not wearing a wetsuit. So the water temperatures, you know, as I said, oh, like, you know, freezing, cold enough on the on the land, never mind in the water. So, but they're all things that you can prepare for in training, and and that was what we tried to do. We we tried to be as robust as possible going in, and and prepare for as many things as we could, um, as we could foresee those sorts of challenging elements like the cold or like nighttime swimming or the distance. But there was a lot of things that you can't prepare for. You can't prepare for your boat breaking down and getting stranded in the water for 20 minutes. You can't prepare for, um, you know, swimming into an unforecasted storm. You can't prepare for a a shark sighting, which is what happened in Molokai. Um, You can't prepare for swallowing a jellyfish, which also happened in Molokai. Oh, my God. Um, you know, so it is like, it's like the perfect analogy for, for life in, yeah. in my eyes. Like, you do all this stuff to prepare yourself and equip yourself as best as possible, but there are always going to be challenges that come your way that yeah. that you just can't foresee. And how you respond in those moments are, are really the, the true definitions of your character in, in in my in my eyes yeah we like the saying uh prepare prepare for the worst hope for the best yeah in, in those kind of instances but um yeah of, of course you can prepare physically in all those instances however how do you prepare mentally because that's a lot of time to spend with yourself with your team in the water mm. going for a long period of time so yeah how'd you do that well that and, and that's the the perfect question tom like how do you prepare yourself mentally because that's when those things go wrong it's the mental strength that's going to yeah, take you through. Absolutely. So, um, the the best answer really is, I suppose, two things. Um, one, you, you almost have to experience it first. You almost have to experience it first. I'll give you an example. So that's of that. getting out of your comfort zone and, and yeah, poor, yeah, experiencing poor conditions. Or, you know, if I hadn't experienced that in Pam to Shelley. Maybe in future challenges, if if adversity came my way, I might have folded. So having that past experience to draw back on and say, look, I've I've done this before, or I swam the Derwent River in Tasmania during the night and I was cold, and I managed to get through. So I'm like, I've done this before. This is tough right now, but 
but I can find a way through. I've done it in the past. So an example, I've come back to that swim called Molokai, which is between the Molokai Island and Oahu in Hawaii. That swim pushed me well out of my comfort zone, pretty brutal, well out of my comfort zone. It was a swim during the night, huge swells. You know, you're a couple of pin drops in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, so there's nothing, there's no land masses to block the swell. So I was getting violently ill. Like I was throwing up, saw a shark, swallowed a jellyfish. In the end, I think the winds picked up to 30 knots as we swam into an unforecasted storm. And at some points, I was swimming and actually going backwards because of the currents. Mm. Yeah. So to hear someone tell you that in the last two hours, you've made almost zero progress. Oh. Like, you can't prepare for that. Like, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough, and and you don't really know how you're going to respond until you actually experience it. So, that lived experience, I think, it you know you can't put you can't put a value on that. Uh, and then I'd say the other two things that help you in those moments the people around you. So the guys on the boat, uh, my my key supporter, a guy called Jay Prashal, he's been to seven of six of the seven swims that I did in the last year. Absolutely phenomenal. And even though they're not in the water with you, they're they're on the boat, I think just that knowledge of having someone almost sitting in the mud with you. Yeah. Knowing that you're not taking on this challenge on your own and they're, they're kind of with you even if they're not experiencing it they're, they're still with you and, and by your side through through the tough times that that really makes a difference and and they were you know they had they were we were communicating through a whiteboard they were sharing messages from all around the world people were sending in messages like my family from scotland my friends from from all around the place and and knowing that others are supporting you through your toughest times like it, it really makes a difference uh, and then yeah i suppose the the final one would be the the purpose it's coming back to that yeah coming back to the purpose like why are you doing this why are you putting yourself through all this pain why should you keep going when everything's telling you to stop um and for me you know i I thought about a lot of things. I, I thought about my family. You know, what what would they say to me in the in like these kind of moments? Um, you know, they're they're both my biggest support and you know my biggest motivation. I wanted to do these swims for them, especially my grandfather, who played a huge role in my life and was a big inspiration to me. And was someone that suffered deeply from depression. You know, he was a big major uh, motivator in my life. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we were, we were doing this to support mental health and, and share good messages. And I wanted to, to keep pushing on because, you know, that's, that's what we do in, in tough times. We, we find a way. Just keep swimming. We just keep swimming. Mm. Can you, can you touch on the mental health aspect of, cause you didn't just do it for your own, you did it for, you raised money, you raised funds. So can you touch on that aspect of it? Yeah. And and I guess that draws back to your purpose and your why, right? 
I, absolutely, Braden. So, you know, when I set out to do the Ocean 7. Um, and just quickly before you did the Ocean 7, you did in a year. So yeah. for people out there that don't know that as well, you did it in a year. No one's... No one's ever done that before. No. So we, we'd set off, we'd set out this um, quite, you know, lofty goal to try do the world's seven toughest channel swims within the space of a year something that people hadn't done and, and said couldn't be done kind of let's add quickly that's like, so you're the 24th person ever to do mm. that and it's accumulatively 63 hours of swimming which is also a world record yeah yeah, yeah. so before <laughs> that is that 20 you've been about like how many hours so like well it, it it actually came down quite close it was about an hour and a half faster mm-hmm. than the fastest guy but yeah you know we had swims like molokai that that massively blew out mm-hmm. um but that's nature you know you don't know what it's chaos get. exactly yeah. anyway sorry to touch on that but yeah so no 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 so the we we wanted well i, I wanted to set out and, and use this to to raise money and awareness for for mental health um you know i've seen people in my life that have been impacted by it um my grandfather in, in particular who you know was was a re- major role model to me you know, I've had my struggles. I've I've lost friends to to suicide, and it's one of the biggest issues of our generation in in my eyes. So, you know, there's so many challenges in the world. They're they're always changing. Uh, what I wanted to do was, or what I suppose my dream would be is that that everyone gets a chance to be educated around it, and I'd love to see mental mental health, emotional intelligence, things like that be taught in schools. And Couldn't agree more. As, as, as a mandatory We're working topic. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think it should be. You know, we, we learn about maths and science, we, but we're not taught about how to look after ourselves like, mm-hmm. or how to tackle challenges when they come our way. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, I got, I got a challenge last week on Friday to follow the Daily Oz. Right. Uh, it's a, a do you follow the daily Oz on Instagram? It's like a news thing. Mm. Anyway, just started following it from our last guest and mate, I just seen I think it was maybe Tuesday that it's gonna be mandatory for um it's like basically bringing in a toxic masculinity program. Mm. So teaching men how to foster good relationships, the I guess the bad not what what everyone says is the toxic masculinity and being a good man and, and teaching blokes how to understand their feelings and stuff so they're bringing that into i think it's primary schools and high school and it's going to be mandatory i think they're going to sort of study it for the next three to five years i can't quite remember but okay. gareth, gareth might be out of work yeah well <laughs> that's that's the start right like that's mm. a little thing but like it's so important like because oh. we can educate on science and math and how to write an essay but how do you educate people on how to actually deal with emotions and how they feel and how to respond to certain situations? Like, yeah. hope to help others that are struggling, mm. particularly in that preventative sense. Because I think, I mean, we hear twenty talks say I hear um, even Fergus from Reach mentioned as well. Only ninety nine, well, sorry, two percent or between one and two percent go towards preventative fund yeah. like funds. Um, to aid people with their mental health, so it's all the responsive stuff, exactly, which is important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, there there was a saying, um, and I might I might butcher this, but there's a saying that 
um, you know, at some point we need to stop just pulling people out of the river and go upstream yeah, to yeah. find out why they're falling in the first place. And so I ended up choosing to to support a charity called the Black Dog Institute because they're focused on mental yeah. health research. And I thought, you know, if we're going to find answers, we, we need to better understand uh, the issue first. And, and hopefully with that sort of empirical research, policy can be changed from a government level to introduce you know, education into into schools and, and equip the next generation with the tools to tackle life's challenges because, you know, like these swims, challenges will come at you that are unforeseen and, and that are given in life. Yeah. Well, and that just that in particular, we, we talk a lot about how exercise and whether that's running, swimming, doing whatever you like to get out there and how that drastically improves your own mental health. Mm. I mean, I, I love swimming, but it's kind of like, it's different. I find it's different to a few of the other sports because it's not like you can listen to music or anything like that and like you you literally just going and it's you're just so in your own head yeah um i often find when, I, when i'm in the pool sometimes like my mind just goes into <laughs> so many different areas it's um, it's amazing though isn't it like yeah it is like in today's world where we're always we always have our phone in our pocket we have our headphones in listening to music or we're checking our emails it's that only time really for me that that you don't have any of that and you're fully immersed in the water and, and alone with your own thoughts and what does go through your head because you, 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 you have a lot of time there's there's a lot of time there's a lot of time um usually i get pretty corny songs stuck in my head yeah, so like, i sing as well yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, and it's not even like the whole song it's, it could be just like one chorus. yeah the chorus or like one line and it just goes on and repeat 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 it's like I'll oh, get it out of my head, <laughs> um, but no, like it's 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 almost like I suppose for me it's it's quite meditative. Like yeah. I just allow everything to pop into my head, and you know I try not to think too much. In these big swims, I, I like to go into a flow state, and and it all becomes a bit more automatic, and you use less energy when you're in that state. Um, but you know when when those do, challenges do come or if the conditions are choppy, like you get thrown out of that quite quickly and you have to be quite reactive and, and think and fight against your instincts that might be saying, you know, this is too hard or this is rough and you shouldn't be in here. And, or, you know, swimming in the dark where you can't see the bottom and you're thinking, oh, what the hell's underneath me? Like mm. fighting those initial instincts or urges to panic, you, you do have to be thinking and, and using mental energy to 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 say, all right, no, it's okay, and, and try rationalizing. You know, I've got a boat beside me. I've got eyes on me. I'm safe. You know, the percentage of things going wrong here in terms of uh, any beasties out there is actually quite low. So, <laughs> yeah. When is there any instances of like self talk, like like when when you're swimming, it's like just keep on motivating and going mm. through. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the great tools that that you have um, at your disposal and. Um, you know, having good mantras or remembering things that will inspire you or, or things that your, your coach has told you. Like I remember my first um, cold water swim qualifier. Um, to qualify for the English Channel, you need to do six hours of swimming in water that's under 16 degrees. And I remember it was, it was just a simple message from my coach, Owen Carroll, uh, at City of Perth Swimming Club, and he just said, kick it in the arse. 
<laughs> and in my head, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm all boiled up. And like, any time I got cold, I just thought, right, no. Kicking in, kick in the arse. I'm going to kick this in the arse. Yeah. And, and, you know, right enough, and we, we did it. But, uh, you know, there's, there's times that, that those tools don't work. Um, I was in a swim from Ireland to Scotland. Uh, three hours in, I was starting to get cold. And, you know, I was accessing those tools of mine. So I was trying to do the positive self-talk. I was trying to do visualization and imagine myself in a warm, tropical place. Mm. And I was trying my slow breathing. And and none of it was working. I was just, I was just getting like, I was just like, I'm so cold. And it, it just kind of started building up. I was feeling really heavy. Felt like the dam was about to burst. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I, I don't know how I'm going to survive another five minutes, never mind another five hours, which is which is what we had. Right. Uh, and, you know, I was trying to do it all on my own. And I was swimming along. And I looked up, and, and you've got your support boat with you and, and all the people on the boat. And, and that day I had my mum, Jay Prashaw, Jer Kennedy, an Irish swimming legend out there on the boat. And I remember I was like, oh crap, like these these guys are here to support me. Like I, I should I've got these guys to help. Like I should shout up and and, and get their help. So I, I shouted up and I was like, oh look, hey guys, um arms are heavy, feeling cold, um, but my energy's good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, they they laughed and they they got the whiteboard out and they, they just wrote a simple message and it was something along the lines of um, message received, we're here for you, hotter, hotter feeds are coming. So feeds like your, your drink feeds. Yeah. And I kid you not, like within an instant, like I, just, I just felt like this weight had come off my shoulders. Wow. And um, the, there was hope and it was a reminder that Yes, I might be the only swimmer in the water right now, but I'm I'm not taking on this challenge on my own. Yeah. And so together with their help, they they changed the the feeds, they made them hotter. We we took them more regularly. So instead of every 20 minutes, we took them every 15. And it just made the world of a difference in, you know, from going from this place of I can't swim another five minutes. I ended up swimming for another five hours and we got back to this pace and and finished four minutes off the world record, <laughs> which which was mad. But you know, results aside, like I I couldn't have cared less about the time. I I was just like, I am so blown away that as a team we we managed to pull this off. And like we've come from the brink where I'm thinking, you know, I don't I can't go on for another minute to to finishing this swim. Uh, and it was just this incredible reminder that, you know, we don't have to go alone. We we can stick our hand up and ask for help, and and amazing things can be achieved when we when we pull together. I can't believe it. Eh? <laughs> well, I can. What what was it? Yeah. <laughs> so you say yeah, four minutes off a world record, but you've got world records. What was it like, like receiving those? Like, like <sighs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty surreal. I mean. Like it's, it's just in the book of Guinness World Records that everyone used to read at school. Oh, yeah, Andy Donaldson. 
yeah, it's 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 just mad. I mean, I like I I never set out to. I suppose in my life, you know, when I when I did have aspirations to go to the Olympics and stuff, I never I never cared about being the best. It was it was more being the best version of myself and, and trying to push myself as as much as I could. And if that was good enough to, you know, complete a channel swim, great. If it was good enough to to go a really fast time, even better. But you know, the results are they're a byproduct of a lot of things outside of your control, like, you know, mother nature or whatnot. So, but then, you know, I, I, I broke three world records in, in this challenge, uh, the Cook Strait, which is between the North and the South Island of New Zealand. That was a, a really special swim. And then two world records. So one of them for the fastest time to complete the ocean seven, and then the fastest accumulative time to, to complete the Ocean 7, so 63 hours and 355 days. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just absolutely sort of mind-blowing. And I still don't think it's kind of set in yet. Like, really? <laughs> well, it's, it, well, I, I feel like you haven't stopped, though. Like, well, I think that's it as well. Like, yeah. You've just done telephone, like, you know, you've gone sort of into that come back for a bit but you still trained and then you did telephone like mm. I, don't, I don't know yeah you haven't really stopped and I think uh, I think that's an important thing like I think we do need to in life stop and celebrate and take a moment to appreciate what what we've done and satisfy uh, yeah like when I finished so my last swim of the ocean seven was in Japan at the end of July uh, and straight away, people were asking me, what's next? I'm like, what's next? Like, what's next is rest and, yeah, and trying to take some time to enjoy some sushi in, in Japan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to, went to Disneyland. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're right. Like, I, I came back to Perth and um, I didn't really have that time off because we, we had this 33-kilometer challenge for telephone coming up. So I suppose now... I don't have challenges until 2024, so I've I've got that time to to sit back, rest, reflect on things, and and yeah, just realize the the amazing thing that not just me but the the entire team that have been supporting me for this last year have that where uh, what we've managed to achieve together. Love that, and it's so important to to reflect, right? Mm. And and I hope you do do that over the next, you know three months before you probably get into your challenges for next year because it's obviously very very impressive what you've done physically but i'm more impressed actually i'm very impressed with what you've done this morning but to tie back to something that's bigger than you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna set out i'm gonna do these but i'm just gonna go and do them but attaching the fundraising to raising money like for mental health and you can see how passionate you are about it i think that's what's so important and is that are you going to keep doing that with yeah. every, every challenge oh absolutely i mean you know i think i suppose I, I live by a philosophy of of trying to leave the world in a better place than we entered it and um i'm, I'm fortunate to to be able to swim long long distances for <laughs> at a fairly decent pace so um for me it's it's an amazing opportunity to do something that I love to to support causes that are close to my heart, and and I'll continue to do that. So, 
Um, oh, you know, there's there's lots of exciting things in the pipeline. Uh, some I can't really uh, talk about just yet, but they're, they're, they're certainly uh, in the works and, and the Ocean 7 is really just the beginning of all that. Yeah, well, yeah, I was hoping you're going to break some news on Switched On. We're going <laughs> to blow up. <laughs> no, nah, we'll just be the next sponsors. <laughs> Soon for, swimming for Switched On. But, mate, you're already creating such a legacy for yourself. And, like, sure you have, like, the word records and, like, well, I'm just wondering, like, well, where do they sit in terms of something that you're proud of or something that, like, your biggest achievements? What do you think? Um, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're huge achievements and, and ones that I'll, I'll cherish uh, for for all my life, um, I th- I think for me, I mean, the 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 main things I've really enjoyed this last year is has been the people I've met. Yeah, it's been it's been the people I've met, uh, all these amazing swimmers all around the world, places like Wellington in New Zealand, all through to Ireland across the world, um, and that was one of the reasons why the Ocean Seven was was conceptualized it was it was supposed to be this challenge that that people could aspire to in in the world of ultra marathon swimming uh, but it was also designed to bring communities together and help to give them this reason to be connected all around the world uh, and that that was something i certainly experienced um over the last year and in in terms of uh, personal achievement i mean yeah that up with with Rottnest is obviously is, is something quite big, um, but in terms of like my favorite swimming memory, uh, my favorite swimming memory is actually like a a relay team that I did with with three of my best mates mm. back in the UK when we were nineteen, and you know I think we even it was at British Nationals. I don't think we even podiumed. We we came like fifth. Oh, <laughs> it was, but you know to to do that with with some of your best mates, um, guys that have been by your side through thick and thin and that we've trained together for this challenge. Um, that's something that's that's really special to me and, and it's a, a great reminder of why I got into the sport. That comes back to so special. Like, you know, your achievements and and results there at the end, right? They're the that's the destination. But people talk so much and it's like this just hearing that is it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? Yeah. And that's why. It's the people you meet, the experiences you have, the setbacks that you overcome, the good times like with celebrating with people or doing it for someone else. Or, mm. And then because, yeah, the achievement comes, the goal comes. But I think it is so true and that's just relevant, right, what you've just said is mm. to really – not focus on that outcome but just enjoy that process because some of the people you would have met would have been incredible and, and what you would have learned um, about yourself and about the close team that you have but i think it's just so important to set goals and all these sort of things but really enjoy the process of getting there yeah and and, and sometimes there'll be moments where you you know you're not thinking that you're you're mm. dying in the middle of a training session yeah. <laughs> or whatnot, <laughs> like questioning your life decisions but but hundred percent, like your results, it's, it's so easy to get focused on the outcomes. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes those outcomes are are really not fully within your control. You know, take these marathon swims. You've got, you know, all Mother Nature getting the right conditions on the day. You might have all these things that come up uh, that are unexpected. I think, and and this is what I try to to tell other marathon swimmers. You know, 
if you've trained as best as you can and you know you get there and you've swum and, and given it everything can you really ask for more yeah you know and if that's good enough to get you across great if it's good enough to to get you a fast time even even better but you know give it your best can't, yeah. can't really ask for more absolutely mate and yeah <laughs> it's this i can't believe well if you get if listeners don't get through this episode feeling inspired and to with whether go chase that they want to chase or get back in the pool then i don't honestly don't know what will i'm i'm, I'm gonna be honest i'm not inspired to get into the beach and do ultra marathon swimming because the, sh- the, the big the big fish scare the beasties, me yeah <laughs> basically scare me but it's inspired me to definitely get back in the pool so yeah. i used to love it but do you does that scare you man the beasties oh like, do they the, the deep blue i just like even when you go out like well in between say rottos and stuff like you, you're literally just looking over and it's just blue or in in some instances like mm. the night swim it's just a dark abyss <laughs> it's, it's it's a dark abyss i mean ab- absolutely like I'd, and and i don't think there's any marathon swimmer that will tell you that mm. uh, differently and if they do they they're, they're probably not telling the full truth um of course like i i get scared um I, I think I wouldn't be human if I didn't. I, I have doubts that run through my head, and and they they take over at times. Um, it's it's how do you how do you respond to it? How do you do you acknowledge it and and just like you know? Can you find a way to to work with those thoughts and and try stay calm in those moments? And chances are you you will. And and when you do that and and realize that you're immersed in in Mother Nature. You're sharing water with with you know animals that that's their natural habitat. Um, it it can be really special, and you know, for every beastie out there, you know, there were times that I I was accompanied by really amazing things. I was accompanied by dolphins in in two of the swims, in the telephone swim there at the weekend. There oh, was unreal. there was whales breaching, and they oh, were like, what? yeah, if you see the photo, properly unreal. like jumping out of the water like free willy, you know, <laughs> sick. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and that was not that far away. Like it was only a couple of hundred meters away. Yeah, um, guys, guys got um, took footage of it. A guy called Dan Schluter was taking footage on the day. Got it, got it on his drone, which is really cool. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, accepting that some things are going to be out of your control. I think you need to. We need to do that in, in more than just that aspect of life. Yeah, I. The way you talk about it just then, I hear a lot of like surfers met, like talk about it in the same way, like accepting you're out there, accepting that you're in their environment. Yeah, 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 and that's a huge thing. And I mean, not I wouldn't classify myself as a as a surfer or anything like just yet, but like it, it's true. Like the more time they've been able to spend in the water, the less you kind of think about it. Like in a way, yeah. Is- I think you 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 turn your attention to to different things, like. Um, you know, if I was ever overwhelmed in the water, I'd just turn on my back and, and look up at the sky and just think, oh, this is, how how lucky am I to be here right now? Yeah. Or, you know, if I was swimming through the night and I was getting a bit nervous about the dark, turn on my back and I'd, I'd look up at the stars. <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. And and it's it's reframing your mindset, I suppose, in those moments and, and looking for the bit, like the positives um, through all the thick of, the thick of it all. Um, I think that's an incredible tool that we all have at our, at our disposals. Mm. Just imagine back, like, 
just looking up at the stars. <laughs> yeah. oh, incredible, man. Yeah, really Was that an, a good moment? Really surreal, man. Really surreal. Like um, in, in the Molokai swim, the one over in Hawaii, you know, it's a 44-kilometer channel crossing, so it was the longest one. And we're right in the middle of the channel, and, yeah, things are things are pretty crap at the moment. Like, you know, I'm not making much progress. I'm, I've been thrown up because of uh, seasickness. So I did. I, I just took a moment to, to appreciate what was around me, and, like, it was just stars for days. There was no light pollution. I couldn't even see the lights on the boat, like, which was actually quite a nerve-wracking thing <laughs> but i tried to like look for the positives there yeah and that people was... that don't know that's a 15 hour swim right yeah <laughs> oh my and God. that's all straight can't even comprehend like, <laughs> well, and that's it like it's, it's non-stop some all freestyle yeah you can choose what you want but yeah freestyle is the the stroke that you would choose because it's the the quickest and most efficient but um yeah it's all non-stop and and just like marathon running, you, you obviously need to fuel, keep yourself fueled. So every 15 or 20 minutes, I'll, I'll get handed a bottle um, by Jay, who's the, the support support crew um, on on these swims and, and take down sort of Gatorades and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's the only break that you can get. And we try to do it really quickly. Um, so within sort of two or three seconds, some people hang around and stop and take a like a, you know a minute, but there's really strong currents in a lot of these channels. So like if you do that, you you're at risk of going and getting pushed back from where you came, and you know you spend the next sort of ten minutes getting back to where you were. <laughs> to where you were. So yeah. I've seen footage of that on your Instagram of like yeah. doing doing the feeds and and the drinks and stuff. And you got a little it's a good system. It's like it's not a bad system, and uh, you know it's. Is I suppose some a skill from like well, I can skill drinks quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, honestly, it goes down so quick. So yeah. it's, you know, a skill from from my uh, my younger years that's come back and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it served quite a decent oh, purpose these days. That's but. so good. Oh, but yeah, you you might even get a bit of salt water in there as well. I, I imagine. You, you obviously, yeah. Um, pro, like especially in those choppy conditions. But yeah, I try to. We try to keep our feeds um, around 200 mils, smaller amounts, but we take it on more frequently to to have less of an impact on the gut so you're not just pounding the gut with too much in the one go. Well, honestly, by this stage, I'm surprised you haven't grown gills, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> start, start hunting for your own fish in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's, yeah, um just incredible mate like what you've been able to do what's can you touch on anything that i guess person not swimming like outside of swimming like what are you what are you doing now well i mean i think um there's you know, a lot of fundraising and and stuff like that as well but well this uh, these last couple of years it's, it's been very swimming orientated and focused and you know taking on the ocean seven challenge was a big endeavor so I think for for me, um, taking that time to rest and recover uh, is the priority, and, and not just physically, but but mentally too. Like we we touched on it quite uh, a bit that you know there's a lot of mental exertion in these swims, and you know we we talk about physical recovery all the time, like you know doing your stretching and ice baths and all these different things, but mentally, 
I'm, I'm pretty tired. So taking that time for myself, maybe maybe get a holiday where um, I can just completely zone out and um, recharge. Uh, and then I suppose from a personal perspective, like get my get my ducks in order, um, you know, try focus on uh, a few personal things like uh, maybe try to find a partner and, and settle down. Hey, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen your, um, your sister put up a story on either your Instagram or she tagged you in and said, yep, you're still single. Last, yeah. Last week on the- <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, I've been doing all these swims around the world. I mean, I, the longest I spent in Perth in the last sort of 15 months was, and in one hit was like a month. So, like I haven't really, I've had to put other aspects of my life on, mm. almost on hold to, to do this. So you have to try to find a mermaid, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone listening? Yeah. <laughs> my number is zero four. <laughs> nah, I mean, I think, um, I think it will happen like as it's meant to and, and, and naturally. But um, yeah, just, I suppose, tending to a few aspects of my life that have been put on, on hold or on the side uh, for mean t- for the meantime that that would be my my uh, my my um, priorities over the next few months yeah that. that sounds really good man i'm glad you really acknowledge that yeah especially after like such a busy year been mm. well i think i think it's, it's best to be honest about it and you know things like social media sometimes they only show the highlights and absolutely yeah what people feel that they should be showing but the reality of it is, um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of aspects of my life that I need to catch up on and, and I need to tend to, you know, finding a partner probably being one of them. So I'll, mm. I'll be honest with it because I know other people are probably in similar positions. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would love, before like we finish it up, like what would, be, what would you say would be some tips to a few other crew that have been thinking about or challenging themselves, like getting, getting in the water and, yeah, just wanting to have a crack? I think um, I think if you can speak to someone that already does it, reach out to a friend or or someone that you know, and uh, just ask for their advice or ask if they can go along with you. You know, mm. yeah, swimming with someone, yeah, swimming with someone, it, it just makes it a bit more of a, a gentler entry. Um, having someone that you know with you going in the first time. Um, and you get that shared experience and you know like like we'd mentioned the the coffee afterwards is almost just as important so yeah that that would be my my number one starting point and for for anyone wanting to take on one of these challenges like whether it's something like rot nest or the bustleton jetty um you know it, it is possible and i think the first step is always going to try get some people around you creating a support network, whether that's having having a group that you swim with or joining a squad or or, or finding a coach. Yeah. Um, because with guidance and, and the right people around, um, that's what's going to get you there. Yeah, I 100% agree. And particularly in the world that we are in now, like social connection is as important as ever. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I mean, even like just this semester gone, I've done a lot of research and like for, t- for a couple of my units and how – 
youth in particular um, are showing very high rates of loneliness and social mm. isolation and it's because of things like um, social media yeah. and doing and these aspects and so having it getting away from that and doing something like going for a swim doing some exercise with a mate and just getting that social connection back is something that I'm really wanting to encourage yeah yeah 100% I think it's so important yeah um yeah, well, we, we this is probably one of our longer episodes, but um, we can we can wrap up soon, Braid. If there's anything else there's, you want to go for, I've oh. got a couple of questions. Yeah, right. sure. One, yeah, short, sharp ones. So, one, are you sponsored by anyone in terms of speedos or anything? Just before I ask this question. Um, otherwise, if not, switched on. Switch uh, on. <laughs> like, has anyone <laughs> has anyone like, or do you just wear your speedos, obviously, or do you um, wear budgies or? Well, I'll, I'll take this a bit of a step back. When when I set out to do this Ocean 7 Challenge, um, I wasn't sponsored. So um, I, I set out to do it. People had said, oh, why don't you try get, you know, people to get on board with you before you start this thing? And I thought, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do what I set out to do and, and hopefully people will come along and, and join um, as we get more runs on the board. Um, so I started the challenge. We got some great results, broke world records and things. I was, you know, writing to a lot of people to try get backing. Um, unfortunately, no one came on board. Um, I'm sure people can appreciate how expensive these kinds of things are. It's probably about ten thousand dollars a swim. Um, and I got to near the end, and I had about 700 bucks in my bank account and two swims still to pay for and two swims to do. And the the small business I was running was going through some cash flow issues. Um, the general manager was asking me to tip more money into the business. And he was, you know, messaging like, oh, the guys aren't going to get paid if you don't put more money in. Uh, so to give you an idea of, of the mental challenges as well, there's another one that, you know, you can't prepare for and then, was was really tough and uh yeah i i really found that aspect of it very tough and you know the physical things you can prepare for but that one was was one that you couldn't but anyway to to kind of bring this back no i'm I'm not sponsored not financially anyway this is all off my own back um we did find ways to to get through and, and get some money together i was i was very fortunate people um, did some just everyday people came forward and, and lent me some money for, for the last two swims and, and uh, gave me some money to, to help get across the line, which, you know, this wouldn't have been possible for them. So, but yeah, that's certainly part of the plan to, to try and find some sponsors and All right, well, continue so we, doing these That's what my question, we're getting, <laughs> we're getting budgie on board for next year. We're going to get budgie smuggles on board. That's our goal. If you're, do you know what budgie smuggles mm. yeah. <laughs> are you happy with budgie or would you rather speedo oh <laughs> uh well I'm, I'm in talks with a few different companies now so <laughs> yes i'm so hoping that you know you make you just see like you just see Andy's face on someone's ass yes, like, i was just <laughs> about to say that yeah yeah <laughs> well like I'm, I'm keen to explore different options um so you know, if that that is one, happy to happy to have those discussions, and you know, I like I like what they do anyway. So yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, goggles, 
is it like and it's a, it's a necessity man like you gotta have good goggles oh, what yeah. what oh, goggles do you recommend because i've had a couple and they just fog up mm, mm. oh it's, it's a big one um i i mean i've been using the same pair of goggles since i was a kid uh, speedo speed sockets but uh, interestingly enough i was over in montenegro just a month ago and uh, met a incredible gentleman over there called nicholas hedegaard and he's um He's launched a, a goggle company called the Magic Five, which um, which is custom fit goggles. So what they do is um, there's an app on your phone. You scan your face. It gets that data gets sent off to their their warehouse and and they make custom fit goggles for you. No way, which is which is pretty cool. So um, I I suspect that will really take off. I mean, it already has. It's, it's huge in the triathlon world. It's starting to get into the open water swimming world um and he's a really really top top bloke so yeah that could be that could be one to explore there um if if you're finding that your goggles don't fit your face or you know or, or fogging up quite a lot like they've got they're really pouring a fair bit of money into that technology because it's made by swimmers so like they understand those problems and 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 are trying to solve them like otherwise it's the speedo speed Sockets. Sockets. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is, I mean, they fit my face. So, like, so that's a good name too, though. Speedo Speed Sockets. Yeah. But the last one, mate, that we always finish on is. is who is someone in the last week, right, that you're very grateful for or that's helped you out? Uh, oh, this is quite, quite this a lot. Quite, <laughs> only, we can, uh, can I say two? You can say two. Yeah, so uh, I'd say Jay Prashal. He's been huge... And, and supporting me through the Ocean 7, not just um, as a support crew, but from a mental aspect as well. And just, you know, being someone that I could speak to through all these kind of problems or if things came up, how to how to address them. Um, and my sister, my sister Hannah, um, again, just supported me in so many ways, even if it's just going up to her house and eating her food and <laughs> taking a nap on her sofa. <laughs> like. Yeah. It's um, it's just so important having those um, those um, like important support people in your life, um, even if it's just little things. And I'd suppose, um, you know, I have a, a mental mental health toolbox, things that I know will help brighten my day if I'm ever going through a bit of a a tough one. And hanging out with them or even just having a chat with them is is part of that toolbox. Love that. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. What about you, my friend? I'm going to go Monique Pace. Oh, no, McCarthy, sorry. Mm. <laughs> I think Pace is obviously Julian's sister. Um, mate, the work that she's been able to put in in, geez, last month, probably plus, just for our gala that we've got tomorrow, um, Saturday on Saturday, the 28th of October, is absolutely just insane. Um like staying up until two, three AM just planning this gala and I bet she can't <laughs> she can't wait for it to be over. Um but yeah, I have I've been working closely with her, obviously not to the same degree, but I've just helped been helping where I can and wish I could help more, but I've just got a, a lot of things on my plate as well. So but she has just been phenomenal. I'm very grateful for her. Yeah. What are you, Bubba? Mine is one of my very, very good mates, Corey Hitchcock. Um yeah, he's we've just been he's been on holidays for the last 
well, not really a holiday. He went over to Gold Coast for two and a half, three weeks for, for a bit of work stuff, but also, um, yeah, to have a bit of a break and, and explore some options. And But just just him this last week, we've, um, I think we've like, like been on the phone like every day the last week and just checking in, just chatting, um, talking crap, but also checking in mentally. And um, nah, it's been it's been really good because, you know, when you're close with someone and you don't actually see them, you sort of like, you feel, you just feel that like loss of connection, I guess, yeah. like when you're not actually seeing them. So it's been really good the last week, just phone call and text and all that sort of stuff. So it's been good. A few FaceTimes of the the morning sunset over there. It was beautiful. But, <laughs> oh, mate. Nice. Uh, oh, we love that. Um, Andy, mate, please let us know where we can reach you, where um, the listeners can support you with what you do and what's next. Yeah, so um, easiest one would be social media. So uh, on Facebook, it's Andy Donaldson Swimmer. Uh, and on Instagram, it's just andy.swimming, <laughs> uh, which is a nice, easy one to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I suppose the, the future for me, um, other than sorting my life out, is um, I'd love to continue doing these these types of swims to, to support worthwhile causes. So um, can't provide too much detail yeah, cool. as to yeah, 2024 100%. yet because there's a few things in the work, but there's some really exciting stuff um, that's that's coming and yeah. When that does, I'll I'll reach out to you guys and maybe we can have a chat about it. Love Absolutely, that. love that. We're uh, so excited for what um, you've got coming up, and we're just willing to support you in any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can oh, I'd be keen to jump in the pool with you for a, for a yeah. session. Come down, down, man. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, come down um, to the ocean. Yeah, we got quite a shark, man. Yeah, that's where it starts, you know. And then, yeah, but yeah let's. Uh, we should actually tear this out like a little swim together. Yeah. That'd be fun. Oh, 100%. As long as it might just be like a little 2K recovery for you, but <laughs> oh, we'll just join you at the end of your session. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm keen for just like going for a dip and, you know, go for the coffee afterwards. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the main thing. Mate, we've been, I know Brad and I have definitely been inspired from what um, mm. you've shared with us and thank you so much for sharing that and I hope the listeners have got something out of it as well because, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I thank you guys for, for having us on here. Thanks very much, awesome. mate. Thank you. Awesome, mate. And, um, yeah, thank you for tuning in once again. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next one. Yoo-hoo! Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.